This episode of Highly Enthused is supported by Well Read, a curated book subscription service that handpicks the best new literary titles and delivers them to your door. Figuring out which new book to pick up next is hard, and even in lockdown, life's too short to read duds. Well Read does the hard work for you, reading mountains of books every month and cherry-picking only the best books to completely engross you. Subscribers get one new book a month, and each carefully considered tome comes with reading notes to inspire conversation or deeper thinking, like your own mini book club. Some of the books they've sent out recently have included Catherine Heine's Early Morning Riser and Alice Pung's 100 Days. We know a lot of you have been looking for gifts to send lockdown pals, and Well Read also offer gift subscriptions and curated packs, which are perfect for the avid reader in your life. Subscribers also get access to their add-ons program with brand new releases and a curated cookbook selection that you can add on to your next order at a discounted price. Check them all out at wellread.com.au. Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. I'm going to have one more sip of my (laughs) drink and then let's go. (laughs) Friday night, baby. Let's go. Hello. Good evening, Sarah. Good morning, listeners. Good afternoon, listeners. Wherever, wherever you are, we greet you. We love you. How are you going? Uh, not bad, not bad. Someone got stabbed to death five blocks away from my, my house today. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, 30 minutes after I walked past that intersection. So that was interesting times. Look, a little bit of drama in lockdown. That's horrible. I'm sorry. Well, you know what? There hasn't been a lot of drama recently, so it was really sad for that person that got murdered, but um, quite interesting for all of us in the neighbourhood. Um, but other than that, I don't know. Not too bad. Just enjoying little Neddy. He's at this really cute age where his personality is, like, unfurling and it's so funny. Mm. Like, you can just, like, switch off 100% and, like, just lose yourself in this little kid like it's so nice to be able to just not be on your phone and not be doing anything except like watching him piss himself laughing as he splashes the water in the bath like it's so nice (laughs) it's so cute I've actually been quite thankful lately for that they're very zen I find you just have to be like in it with them there's there's no future there's no past it's just right now yeah they're just like delighted by the smallest things and it's so cute and yeah it's it's a real pleasure to hang out with that little dude how are you well look i'm currently drinking an amaro and soda which has like the right amount of olives for you three olives and an orange wedge so as we call it an anti-pasto mm-hmm. plate um i had cheese on toast for dinner <laughs> real like childhood flashback there um and i recently restarted watching Sex and the City from the beginning again for like the second time in as many years. So, you know, I'm just just doing whatever I feel like, just going where my body takes me, following my whims, (laughs) ignoring proprietary. (laughs) Um, There are no rules, just appetites. Uh, (laughs) I also jumped in the ocean on my lunch break yesterday, which was bracing. It was very cold. Uh, but yeah, I, that is great. Yeah, it was it was a fresh, I think, 16, 15 and a half or 16 degrees in the in the water. But it was good because it just kind of like, I mean, you have a baby to lose yourself in and that was like 
the equivalent in the sense that it shocked me out of my brain <laughs> and into my body. Like I was just a raw nerve ending frozen and had to like jump out and like shake myself off. So it was good. It was, it was good. Well, spring is coming. Like it is, it is nearly time to throw ourselves with abandon into the ocean yep. and into a bushel of jasmine yep. at the same time. Can't wait. I saw my first bloom of jasmine yesterday. I'm jealous. There isn't enough in Coogee. There's some in my front garden and it hasn't bloomed yet and I have a very eagle eye looking at it every day, like observing is the jasmine out yet. So I will report back as soon as it blooms. Yay. It'll be on my Instagram, let's be honest. <laughs> Watch this space, everybody. Watch this space. Okay, well, let's just dive into this. What have you been consuming this week? I fixed myself a little beer teeny tonight. <laughs> okay, let's walk through this one. I need still need to be sold on this. I, mean, I feel like you will love it. It's a cross between beer you like beer and martinis yeah. and you like martinis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Again. I don't know how I found this out. I think I saw it on like a really random homewares site <laughs> in the US. Like someone had, someone had just randomly posted like trying out a beer for the first time and I was like, what is this beer And then I went on a, a massive internet troll trying to find out what it is. And apparently it's like an actual thing. From the Midwest in the States. Mm -hmm. Cocktail capital. <laughs> yeah. Where you go for a well-balanced drink, Minnesota. <laughs> Famously. Exactly. Um, so what is a beer teeny, one may ask? It is a mix of crap beer. Okay. It cannot be craft. cannot be interesting. It has to be watery and shit. Yeah. Okay. Something like Carlton Draft. Perhaps, um, even though my husband will, like, murder me for saying that. All I had in the fridge was furfy, so we were just running with that, even though that edges on the line of craft, sorry. Mm, it's verging. Yep, and all you do is dump, like, three green olives in there and a bit of the <laughs> olive brine, and you've got a teeny, folks. Ooh. It's really good. I was actually super into it. I was like, mm. I hadn't drunk a, just a beer in ages. Like, I drink a lot of sour beer, but no, like, just straight up beers that aren't, like, fruity. Or <laughs> 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 lip puckering. Yeah. And this was fun and delicious and a little bit salty. I didn't have quite enough brine because I bought my olives from the deli and not from a jar. Uh -huh. So you were, you were ruined by your fancy deli taste and your verging on craft beer, so we need to go like real supermarket level for this to work. Yeah, I, I think there's potential to up the ante on the brine, but mm -hmm. uh, it's just like salty, savoury, refreshing, and then at the end of your drink you get a snack. So <laughs> we're always welcoming that kind of beverage into our lives and highly enthused. I can't fight you on the snack because, as I said, I have a drink that is basically a snack plate next to me right now, so I'm obviously on board with that approach. Um Cool, look, I'll see if I'm going to try this. Depending how many more weeks we're at my house, I probably will. It might even be next week, actually, now that I think about it. So what are you going to do? You don't have to work very hard. All you really need to do is put some olives in your beer. <laughs> <laughs> Just dip my hand and throw them in. I assume not Kalamata. I assume we're going oh, like the Green no, no, Sicilian. No. It has to be the Green Sicilian. I even read an article on Punch that was like, look, if you want to throw some like feta stuffed olives in there, like do it. Like go for it. Is anchovy stuffed olives going a, a breath too far? <laughs> potentially. I mean, possibly. <laughs> potentially. I'm not going to yuck your yum, but that might be too salty. 
my god, yuck, you're yum. I've been fucking waiting to bring that one out and you stole it from me. <laughs> Got in there first, mate. You're going to talk about beatinis on this podcast. I'm going to sort of shade you. I don't want to yuck anyone's <laughs> yum. <laughs> That's the best line. Oh, my God. Anyway, what have you been eating or drinking? Okay, so I've been going back through some of my old favourite cookbooks because, um, you know, as I said, I had cheese on toast for dinner tonight. So things are – I'm getting a bit – um a bit lazy, a bit desperate, a bit bored of all my food. I'm getting a bit experimental in the kitchen. But anyway, I thought, you know what, maybe I'll go through some of my old ones. And I went, picked up Ottolenghi's Plenty, which, oh, Jesus, came out 10 years ago, I realized, which is wild because I think this was one of the first, like, I know, and it was like one of the first nice cookbooks I, like, asked for as a present. I think I was, I was yeah, 23 when it came out and living out of home and trying to cook more. And anyway. So wild that it's 10 years old. Um, and so I made from it the other day the Ottolenghi black pepper tofu. <laughs> Have you ever had this one? It's so good. Yes, I've made it. it oh, my awesome. God. It is incredible. So I have to give a shout-out to my friend Matt who made this for me for the first time years and years ago. I'd gone down to his house in Canberra for a party and we had this before we he had this wild house party and I don't know if I can mm. recommend this as the wisest food to pregame a party with. <laughs> like it is an intense well, meal. I like there's a fair bit of washing out. Yeah, like you have to like shallow dice Yeah, but he was just really proud because he was like had made this recipe. And to be fair, it was one of the like best things I'd eaten. But I have to warn you all, this is a wallop to the face, this recipe. This is not for the faint of heart. This is if you're bored of everything you've been eating and you look at all your food and you kind of like have that like lethargic sigh, you know, and you're like, eh, I, don't know, I don't want any of this. This will shake you right up and wake you up, much like jumping in a 15 degree ocean. This will remind you you have a body and that you are alive. <laughs> For sure. So look, the method for this is really pretty simple and the complexity comes from the ingredients that you do. You get some extra firm tofu, cut it into large cubes, and then you toss it with corn flour, which just makes sure that it gets like a really nice crisp coating. Corn flour, secret ingredient in the kitchen, a very useful thing to keep around, especially if you're cooking mm. Asian food a lot. Um, so you just fry it in batches on all sides till it gets golden crispy, take it out of the pan, wipe the pan out, and then you add butter. So it's little bit decadent this meal also slightly offsets the intensity of flavors but mostly it just makes things really rich and delicious and then you add in heaps of fried sliced shallots um, and some mild red chilies crushed garlic and ginger like a lot of crushed garlic I think it has like 12 cloves if you're making the full recipe what sorted yeah it's a lot I was looking at the quantities and that I was like is a lot insane. look this is not a mild recipe this is a, a all going all in recipe and so you saute that till they're soft and then you put in five tablespoons of black pepper that you have crushed in a mortar and pestle. Um, you also add in a bunch of different soy sauces, some sugar and sliced spring onion as the kind of final touch. But this dish is like so intensely spicy. And because most of the heat is coming from the pepper, it's like a different kind of spicy to what you might be expecting and I think you because we often like have recipes that are like season with salt and pepper you forget that pepper is like an actual intense spice flavor. and flavor in and of mm. its own right like unless you're making a lot of cacio or pepper like you're not really think I mean I'm not really thinking about pepper that much maybe you use Szechuan or whatever but this you know about the pepper in this one like 
just kind of like builds. You know about the 12 cloves of garlic that you ate as well? I don't know. You're so busy <laughs> focusing on the pepper that the garlic is a pleasant background hum at this point. It's merely a bit character in this in this play <laughs> that is Otolenghi black pepper tofu. I genuinely felt high when I ate this. Like Maybe there is something in that before a house party then. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> maybe we were pre-gaming with some legal substances. Anyway, it is... A delightful uh, reset to the system. If you've got uh, blocked sinuses, maybe feeling a bit sniffly, hopefully no COVID, but I can highly recommend this to clear out the old uh, sinus passages. If you just want to feel something different at your evening meal, this this will do it. Um, and it's just it, there's a reason why Plenty is like a, stand, a stalwart cookbook. It is still full of banger after banger, and if you haven't played with it or looked through it for a while, Dive back in, but definitely start with the black pepper tofu. All right. What have you read or watched or listened to? What happens to your body when you hear this song? And I also want to move. I don't know. What should I feel? If you know this theme song, you are in the same boat as me. You are in the white lotus boat, just rowing into shore to the most calamitous island resort you've ever been to. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then guys, I've got a really good show for you to watch. (laughs) Um, It's called The White Lotus on Binge. I feel like these kinds of shows just happen to show up when you really, really need them. Like you've scrolled everything, you've watched everything, nothing looks appealing. Like it's all terrible. There's been a really long gap between shows that have been really good and addictive and then it just comes along and it's perfect and you're hooked. And like you can't remember life before this show. Interesting. So The White Lotus is a six-part HBO dramedy. Um, what a word. Screaming on binge about a group of white people, a family where the mom is like the CEO of Google, there's a newlywed couple, an alcoholic single woman who's here to like scatter her abusive mother's ashes. They all arrive at this luxury Hawaiian resort. It opens with a body bag being loaded onto a plane. So you know someone has died, but you don't know who, which is such a good opener Mm. because the whole time you're like, I bet it's her. And then you're like, no, it's too obvious. The whole like premise is the tension and the back and forth between the hotel staff and these like horrendous guests. It's just this deep, deep sense of uneasiness about the way that they interact. There are like these massive questions around privilege and wealth and power riddled throughout every second of the show. Like it's so claustrophobic. It's only set in this one hotel. And so it just has this quality to it that is just so claustrophobic and tense the entire time. (laughs) And all these guests kind of tangentially interact, but not really. And it's all just a little too much. Um, It's so funny, so tense, so cringy. There are shocking moments in it in terms of like race and power and white privilege and also dicks on screen. (laughs) I am yet to not be shocked by dicks on screen. (laughs) I don't know about you, but, like, this is becoming the norm that, like, just balls and penises are just, like, out 
there. Like if you've seen Sex Life on Netflix, which is a terrible show. I've just seen the photo you took of the screen and sent to me at that particular moment. (laughs) There's a giant penis in it and it's it's shocking. (laughs) And like I wonder how much longer it's going to take for like that not to shock me anymore. But I am shocked. Maybe this is just our age divide. Like the Gen Zs will be like, whatever, dicks on screen. And we'll be like, still a shock. (laughs) We grew up in a very prudish time when breasts were exciting. Exactly. Um, Aside from that, honestly, it is brilliant and flawless and I'm obsessed with it. It was released um, week on week, but I think by the time this episode airs, it'll all be out. There's only six episodes. It's just so good. (laughs) I just love it. I'm so excited for it to come back, potentially for season two. It's on my to-be-watch list, but I will move it up the list instead of rewatching Sex and the City for the 75th time. <laughs> what? Always a pleasure, Sex and the City. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Yeah. What about you? What have you been watching? Okay, well, all about the classics at the moment. Um, have you heard the good news about Nicolas Cage, Sophie McComas? Um, unsure. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Please mind me. Some context here. I realise that doesn't make any sense. Uh, basically, in the last few weeks, some of my friends and I, kind of accidentally to start with, but have now on purpose picked this, started watching Nick Cage movies together like once a week <laughs> so we have a group chat we vote on what movie have a spirited debate about which should even be in the options then we pick a night and we'll do like a video call at the beginning just to like talk about the movie we're about to watch because usually one of us has seen it and then we'll watch the movie like vigorously text in the group chat usually because we're watching something ridiculous and shocking and there's a lot of chat and then at the end we'll like call usually to yell at whoever picked the movie and like debrief about it it's like very silly but it's given me so much joy Um, and I also have to highly recommend as a method for narrowing down what movies to watch picking an actor and then just working their way through their filmography oh yes 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 it's a, a really good way to narrow down your streaming and just make decisions easier and I got the idea from my friend Vic who I think did this with her boyfriend they started it in last lockdown. They worked their way through Sandra Bullock's movies, which is oh, that poor boyfriend. Amazing. No, there's some classics in there. So the movie that kicked off our accidental film series was 90s classic Con Air, which I have somehow made it all the way to 33 without ever seeing before. I love airplane movies. Sophie, I think no exaggeration that this may be the perfect movie. Mm, explain. The cast is all big hitters. You've got John Cusack, Steve Buscemi, Don, John Malkovich, Dave Chappelle. Nick Cage has long, luscious hair and a receding hairline at the same time. <laughs> the script is outrageous. And at the beginning I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And at the by the end I was like, this is a masterpiece. <laughs> this is the perfect film. The performances are so outrageously camp. Like Steve Buscemi plays a serial killer who arrives on screen in full body armor with a like face plate mask on like fucking Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> it's just strapped into this plane. Oh, it's just ridiculous. The basic plot, if it can be said to have one, is Nicolas Cage is a an army guy who comes back from the war, I think maybe Vietnam or something like that, um, to see his pregnant girlfriend 
and in the car parking lot after meeting up with her at her work at a bar, he gets attacked by these drunk guys and he accidentally kills one, gets sent to jail for 10 years or six years and then like there's a montage of him in jail, his hair grows ever longer and then he's leaving um, jail to go be with his girlfriend and his daughter. And he gets put on Con Air, which is a plane explicitly designed to transport the hardiest, meanest, scariest criminals around the country. But there's a criminal master plot to hijack the plane and fly to freedom such a good plot that's all you need to know that's really it's really all you need to know but it is literally the action scenes they fly the plane into a casino and they actually flew a plane into a casino to film this movie oh my god wow it is cinema verite I give it five stars. I have no notes. It is a perfect movie. <laughs> it is all you could ever want. I think I've got to watch this again. You're right. You're right. You have to. It's it was it's only on Disney Plus, which I don't have, obviously. So I paid five dollars to rent this movie off iTunes. I would pay it again. I would consider buying it. It's it's glorious. Amazing. I really recommend um, Barbara Streisand's filmography and. Um, oh. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton, excellent mm. back catalogue to dive into. Not probably as many action moments or planes flying into casinos, I feel, with, with Tilda Swinton, but um, some more thought-provoking. <laughs> anyway, Nicolas Cage, he's what you need. He's what we all need. To get you through whatever you're going through right now. He'll, he'll save you. All right, okay, on to the buy and the do. What are you doing or buying or both? Well, there are so many articles on things to, like, do during lockdown. A lot of people have been messaging by being like, what do I do when I've watched everything, seen everything, done everything, read everything, done it all? And you know what? I don't have a lot of answers for that. <laughs> well, My answer in our Q&A was pop your pimples. So I also <laughs> am at a loss. <laughs> I've run out of ideas. I stumbled across a Vice article that actually did list some ideas for uh, what to do in lockdown when you don't want to get hot. <laughs> um, <cool. laughs> um, and there are some ridiculous recommendations in this list. I, I just can't tell if they're earnest or, like, taking the piss. Is it an American article? Yes. <laughs> so Possibly earnest. Exactly. <laughs> Listeners, I'll let you decide. Um, it actually does have some ideas that I'm pretty sure I might try, depending on how long this goes on Great. for. Um, obviously, disclaimer, you don't need to be productive at all in lockdown. You can literally just bathe at the bare minimum and get through each day one by one. However, it has been, what, like seven weeks now? And uh, yep. maybe we do need some creative ideas first. <laughs> okay, so I've categorized a few of my topics from this article into three ridiculous and three may actually do. So mm -hmm. the first three are ridiculous. And number one, if you think you'd like to wear hard pants or even jeans, shock, later this year, start wearing them for five to ten minutes a day to get used to what it feels like. Same goes for shoes with laces. <laughs> uh, you're already doing this, Soro, as you have worn jeans. The entire lockdown, which is very shocking. Um, so you really hit the game here. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually in active wear today. I didn't make it in time <laughs> today. 
casual Friday, you know, even in my home office. <laughs> okay, number two on the ridiculous list. Give yourself a new nickname or the nickname you've always wanted and spend the next couple of months trying to get it to stick. <laughs> Who am I getting it to stick with? My houseplants? <laughs> Like, hey guys, I've decided I'm now sorry. <laughs> I just really this. love it. That's like you go into a work Zoom and you're like, oh, sorry guys, I'm actually called Candy now. Um, I don't know. If, <laughs> like, I'm just trying it out. Like, maybe we can all like spit all that. Like, see. <laughs> you change your name in Slack. Hey Sophie, you're like, no, no, Candy. You're like, oh, okay, sorry, Candy. <laughs> See, this is why I can't tell if it's earnest or if it's taking the piss. Like, come on. Okay, number three on the ridiculous list. Try out a new hairstyle, braids, a high pony, natural curls, (laughs) and slowly roll it out on Instagram or FaceTime so your friends have time to adjust. Oh, God. I have the giggles now. I'm just imagining if you just did, like, natural curls on part of your head just to, like, slowly introduce the concept to FaceTime so no one freaks out. It's, like, half your hair is straight, half your hair is curly. I love the, like, the knowledge that, like, people will give a shit about your high pony. (laughs) It's like, whoa, what has she done? Her hair's in a high pony. Oh, my God. Like, I need to adjust to this. I need time to adjust to this massive. I'm really glad we did it on Instagram first because if it had been real yeah. life, I don't know if I could oh handle God, that. We really need to wade slowly into this pool of braids. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and now we're onto the not so bad might try number three. Number one on the maybe might try list. Go through your phone's camera roll one month at a time and delete the bad photos, duplicates, pointless screenshots and things that make you say, why did I take a photo of this? Seems like a lot of work, but fair. Come on. I needed to upgrade my iCloud storage the other day, and that shit is $15 a month now. Like, when is this going to end? Like, when I'm 80 and you're paying, like, $500 a week for iCloud <laughs> at a minimum. won't be a cloud when we're 80. Well, everything will be a cloud. Um, anyway, so actually smart. Might actually be that. Um, boring, but, you know, a good administrative task. Um <laughs> Number two, I mentioned this in our Q&A episode, but uh, pick a couple of totally new-to-you karaoke songs that can become your new go-tos and practice your performance. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm into this one. You know, you don't want to be that person who's flipping through the book for an hour. Like, you need to have shit ready to go. I have a list on my phone at all times. I update it constantly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay, number three. Make a list of things you didn't miss this year and thought you might. Then make a list of things you really missed this year and that you're most excited to do, see, or buy so you can prioritize these for the future. Great. Um, I thought, you know, that's actually a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. What I miss is drinking in my back courtyard with my friends. Like you. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there every weekend. Or actually, what the hell? I'm going to be outside of my house. Why do I want to drink in my courtyard? <laughs> I mean, dream big. Uh, And that's it, folks. That was the Vice article on quarantine Quarantine. quarantine. (laughs) hygiene or lockdown. (laughs) Um, I will link to that in the newsletter, which is at highlyenthused.substack.com. What about you, Sarah? So buying myself treats has lost its luster and ability to perk me up. Um, I went too hard in the first few weeks. Like I went really hard in the first few weeks. And so now I it just doesn't appeal. So what I've done instead is I've started buying treats for other people, which 
is sounds like I'm being really generous, but is actually ultimately a selfish mood because it gives me a serotonin serotonin boost whilst also seeming to make me look generous. So last week I sent my friends a meal from this really great restaurant in Sydney called Hubert which is this like very fun French sort of restaurant. It's in the city in Sydney. It's like down a bunch of stairs. You feel like you're like entering into this subterranean world, like you're being transported to France. And it's just one of these venues that my friends and I really love to go to to celebrate, like get a late booking, drink a lot of martinis, eat the chicken and the potatoes that I'd like to die for. Anyway, one of my friends really loves it and he was having a bit of a sort of shit time. So I sent her and her boyfriend um, a meal from there via Providor. So everyone, all of our Melbourne listeners are probably well acquainted with this because it started there during, um, I think, their big lockdown last year. But it's this really awesome delivery service that sort of does all the ops and logistics for really high-end restaurants um, sort of in, in the city. Um, and then delivers the these sort of meal kits essentially cold packed around Sydney, but they also deliver up to like Newcastle, Wollongongs, the ACT, and as I said, there's a Melbourne version that delivers throughout um, Melbourne as well. I think some of Victoria and the food is like mostly ready to go and then you just have to finish it in the oven or on the stove so it's kind of like you know 80% of the way there and you just like toss the salad with a dressing or, or heat up the sauce in the pan or crisp the fish up in in a pan so it's just like really lovely if you want to send a gift to any of your lockdown friends most of the restaurants do like a set menu which is a little bit more expensive or you can do like pick and mix like a few different dishes um, if you want to make your own kind of meal they usually have some kind of drink so I sent like some bottled martinis um, and it was really cute the Hubert meal they also sent a taper candle and a link to a Spotify playlist for, for you to put on so you kind of get the ambience That's as well cool. as the as well as the meal and I sent it as a surprise and honestly the happiness it gave my friend felt like about five times the pleasure that I would have got from eating it myself. So it was, I can recommend, and it makes me sound like I'm really altruistic, but guys, I just, uh, if you haven't got the theme from this week's recommendations, I'm just trying to feel something (laughs) and it's, it was helpful. It was a nice thing to do and I felt really good about it and it, you know, it's just, you know, something else to spend my money on. Yeah, so good. Providor's awesome. I'm getting that tomorrow night. I'm getting Chocho-san. Yeah, it's got all sorts of great ones. It's got like Apollo, Chocho-san, Lankin. There's some great restaurants on there. And like the sort of ones that are a little bit hard to do like a standard takeaway from. So it's nice to kind of like, you know, finish it when you get it at home. And yeah, again, if you've got friends, because also like the ACT is locked down now. So you've got friends in various parts of the Eastern Seaboard. You can send a gift to them wherever they are. Oh, so nice. And speaking of exciting things that you can get delivered to yourself or to your loved ones, Sophie, what have we organised? We have organised a highly curated, extremely fantastic, exceptional quality pack from drinks.com that is full of all our favourite snacks for you guys. We thought we would take advantage of the fact that we pretty much mentioned something that they sell every single episode and put them all in one place so you can order a whole box of them and get them sent to your house. So exciting. We've got chonking popcorn from Moonmart. We've got Basu's dill margarita. So good. We've got the Chappie's mango habanero chips. There's some anchovies in there because would it be a highly enthused gift pack if there was not a tinned fish no 
There's also the delicious Jimoto miso hot sauce from a few episodes back. And then depending on whether you are in Sydney or your national, we have two other options. So the Sydney guys, you'll be able to get the Fabrica Cacio e Pepe, which is the delicious fresh pasta that you, as we said, you can finish at home. And if you're in the rest of Australia, um, they can't deliver the Fabrica outside of Sydney, unfortunately, but we have a jar of the Mary's Food Co. dried lemons for all your lemon garnish needs solved, as we discussed. There's also a delicious sparkling wine from Ari's Natural Wine in Sutton Forest, and it'll all be in one very convenient pack delivered to you from drinks. There's only a few of these boxes. I think there's like 30-ish of them. There's between 30 and 50. We're not sure. So I would recommend going there immediately and snaffling one for yourself. You know, and I would consume the majority of these things in the bath in true highly enthused style. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> in fact, if you eat any of them outside of the bath, they will not taste as good. Exactly. Go to drnks.com, search for packs, and it'll be there waiting for you. And every pack will come with a little note from us explaining why we love each item. Yep. What more could you want, really, except more from us? <laughs> All right, it's time for the fast five, so Ro, you can go first if you want. All right, cool, let's go. I am still going on my stupid little runs. Um, and because I'm not doing the Couch to 5K program anymore, I'm now using the Nike Run app, which is my first of my five recommendations. So there's a bit of a – you can use it in a few different ways. They have a bunch of guided runs, which have, like, coaches giving you audio encouragement. Look, they're American. They can be pretty cheesy. Sometimes I think I'm fueled more by my annoyance at their commentary than I am by the encouragement that they give, but it's still very helpful. And you can also just sort of set a certain time goal or a distance goal, and it just works like any other run track. It like tracks your runs and your distance and your cadence and your pace and that kind of stuff. So if you are trying to get faster, you can keep track of that. And it also just has some like pleasant graphs that show you like how much you've run that week or that month and new distance and all of that. So it's just a really good solid one to keep track and I do find the guided runs are helpful because I need structure and it makes me do the run even if I don't want to go for 30 minutes, I will go for 30 minutes. I say that, I usually go for 20. 20 is about what I manage. So that's the Nike Run app. Number two, ooh, this is a great little gem of a book. It's called The Listening House by Mabel Seeley. And I discovered it through actually the newsletter I mentioned um, in our Q&A app by Molly Young, which is on New York Magazine. So it's this really amazing detective crime novel that was originally published in the 1930s, like 1938, I think, um, but was republished, reprinted last month. And it is so fresh, feels like it could have been written this year. Obviously, it's got, you know, the jargon and the language and a set in the time that it was written, the 30s. But it just it seems wild to me that it was written 80 years ago. Like it doesn't feel dated the way like an Agatha Christie does. It's just really vibrant. It's a little bit noirish. It's set in the States, like kind of in um, I think in Michigan uh, where the author was from. And it's just like also very creepy. Like I was reading it and I was like, this is fine. This is whatever, like standard kind of crime novel. Like this woman is murdered in a in a boarding house and then this young copywriter is sort of trying to figure it out along with the detective. But then I actually got a little bit freaked out because I was reading it quite late last night and I went and double-checked my front door was locked just in case. So I was like, ooh, don't want to get murdered. <laughs> so I feel like that is an A-plus uh, recommendation for a, a crime novel if you're a little bit like, ooh, am I going to get murdered? 
decorated in my bed. Um, so that is The Listening House, as I said, by Mabel Seeley. A couple of other of her books, I think, are being reprinted by the same publisher. So I'm going to definitely pick up a few more of those as I go through. And I think I got it for like $3, the ebook on my Kobo. So Ooh. it's not super expensive. And I, it's really great if you're in a bit of a lockdown reading slump. I find these kinds of crime novels just like they're easy and fast reads. They're very gripping kind of trying to figure out what happens so it's very engaging it's like good for getting out of any slump if you're in one nice the third one is an album I've been really enjoying so I took myself on my and my daily evening perambulation around Kuji because I was attempting to get my steps up yep <laughs> there's no other word for it it's just a little stroll and so I put this album today where the greatest by the middle kids on and kind of like played it just from beginning, which I've been trying to do lately, like actually listen to whole albums rather than just like popping around through different songs. So they're this Sydney band who've been around for I think about five years, but I've only recently discovered them. I think they, there was a couple of their songs in my Discover Weekly once. Um, and they just kind of remind me, they make me feel a little bit nostalgic. They remind me a little of the bands I really loved back in like the 2010s, like the Jezebels and the Middle East, just kind of fun indie rock with a few big like choruses that you can kind of like really feel your feelings to, a couple of songs you could dance to. It's just really great. It's just a really good album to listen to. Good for an evening walk, good to put on around the house when you're just pottering about. I haven't recommended an album for a while. So, yeah, that's what I'm enjoying today. We're the Greatest by The Middle Kids. That's number three. Number four. This is an interesting one for me. It is a jam recommendation. Ooh. And I am not really a breakfast person. So consider this a really good jam. Um, I recently picked up a jar of the Corner Smith Peach and Lime Jam. Have you tried this one? No. So it reminds me a little, you know that jar of the nectarine jam you bought me from Small's Deli mm -hmm. last year? Has very similar vibes to this. So it's what I like about it is it's a bit tart. It's not too sweet because I don't like when jam is like really sticky and sickly. Um, so I've really been enjoying this just on toast with salted butter. It's really zesty from the lime. It's got that kind of chunky texture, which I quite like from a jam as well and it also goes really nicely on a cheese plate with a crumbly sharp cheddar Yum. almost like in the way that you would use a quince paste Delicious. so it's really tasty um I think you can buy it from their website and I actually think they're stocking it in a couple of websites like drinks.com and a few other places um yeah they've just launched their wholesale yeah yeah so the it's probably popping up in a few different places but you can also buy it uh directly off the cornersmith website or if you're around um annandale the inner west you can buy a jar straight from their shop they're still doing takeaway there which is great um, and then my final fast five is just for these lovely tumblers that I did buy for myself. So I haven't completely given up uh, purchasing things. <laughs> I'm like, oh, online shopping doesn't do anything, but here's some things I bought. Um, so these are the Toyo Sasaki stackable tumblers. So if you've ever eaten in a like little ramen or Japanese restaurant, you would recognize them. They're just like really good, solid sort of tumblers they're the kind that like the top part is like wider and then there's like a sharp ledge and the bottom 
bit that hits the table is a little bit narrower. So it kind of looks like two cylinders stacked on top of each other. And they're designed for hospitality venues. So they're very durable, really hard to scratch, hard to break. You'll see them, like, as I said, in like venues all the time. You can stack them. They're very simple and very functional, but in that Japanese way. So they're like functional, but beautiful and quite chic and like quite a nice object. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just like, I've got kind of like a bunch of glasses that I've had from Ikea for like six or seven years and they're just looking a bit cloudy and scratched and like just a bit clunky and gross. And so I just thought I'd upgrade my glassware. Um, And these aren't too expensive. For six packs, like $50. Um, I bought mine from Mr. Kitley, which is a Melbourne-based shop as well. So, yeah, that's the Toyo Sazaki stackable tumblers. They come in a few different sizes. I got the, I think, the 250ml ones. They also come a little bit smaller and a little bit bigger. So, yeah, if you need some glassware, you can drink everything out of these. I think they'll be nice for wine or a little spritz like I'm having right now or just water. A little beatini glass, I reckon. Oh, a little mini beatini. I feel like in the Midwest they'd like big, big tumblers, but here in the classy <laughs> realms of Sydney we want mini ones. In a Japanese glass, everything is delicious. <laughs> exactly. These are cool. Yeah. They're nice, right? All right. What is on your five list? Well, my fast five number one is sliced sandwich loaf. (laughs) Going wild. Oh, sandwiches. Um, I don't know. I'm having a bit of a moment where I'm just, I'm not off sourdough. I'm just spending time with something else. Just taking a little break, opening Um, things up a bit. Yeah, opening things up, see where it leads. Um, sliced white sandwich bread. Wow. It's just, yeah, yeah. I get it from my local bakery, which in Dulwich Hill is baked by Kieran. He has bakeries in Bondi and also Darlinghurst. But you know what? You could get this anywhere um, as long as you get it from a bakery, not the supermarket. It is bread, yes. <laughs> it is rough sandwich bread. So, yeah, truly, anyway. Um but, you know, like sometimes just sourdough is just too tough on, on the jaw. Like it's just – I just don't want that crust. Like I don't want it. I do not want that crust it, anywhere near my BLT, does, which is what I've been making like every single day. It does day. also have some structural issues, sourdough, you know. If you get the wrong piece, you just – half your sandwich falls through. Yeah. You just – sometimes you just need a little softness. So yeah. sometimes you just need a little softness and – I have to go through a big BLT phase and I don't want to be ripping mm. through sourdough crusts to get that that combo. Like yeah. I, I need soft sandwich loaf with crisp lettuce, crisp bacon, and it's just so much better. Yeah. So much better. You don't want to bite into a BLT and then like try to rip apart the, the crust with your insides and then like rip oh, off the sandwich no. apart. Like it, 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 no, oh, terrible. Terrible. Um, I do enjoy sourdough for toast. I feel like that is – where sourdough really comes into its own, but potentially I'm starting to think that's all it's good for. Oh, you know? look, good for a crouton. Great for a crouton. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, like an open toast where you're like piling stuff on it, great. I mean, guys, let us know. Do you agree? Is sourdough only for toast? It's just not a good sandwich bread. Mm. It's not a good sandwich bread unless it's like a grilled cheese. <laughs> caveat, caveat, caveat. <laughs> Anyway, groundbreaking sliced sandwich bread, everybody. <laughs> um, 
Number two is miso white chocolate cookies from a website I randomly discovered called Flourist, which is F-L-O-U-R-I-S-T. Clever. Uh, guess what they sell? Flour. Um, <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> and I love basic bitch white chocolate. Like, yeah. I am a Cadbury dream kind of gal. <laughs> I mean, I love. And I love it about you. I love all types of chocolate except dark. I really fucking hate dark chocolate. You are basic. I love it. I think no one gives white chocolate to the time of day it deserves. And these cookies are really awesome. If you're like, I don't know if I like white chocolate, but I'm willing to give it a crack. Um, it's got a good split between like salty, kind of funky from the fermented miso and then sweet from white chocolate and obviously a whole bunch of sugar and butter. I don't know. Once they're done, they're just like this really a little bit like sandy, like not super thin, not super thick. Yeah. Just a really nice textured cookie. Um, and I have a couple of cookie hacks for you guys. What am I good for if it's not cookie hacks? Well, the first one is if you, like me, don't like a really thick cookie, you kind of like them a bit crisp and thinner. Once they're nearly done, like these only take like 15 minutes max to cook. But once they're like three quarters of the way cooked, you take the tray out of the oven and you bang it super hard flat mm-hmm. against the countertop, like the whole tray. Um, and this makes them kind of spread and flatten and puddle a bit with some nice like rippled action on the top. And then you put them back in for the last like two or three minutes of baking. Really yum texture. I think mm. you can kind of do that with any cookie. A chocolate chip one's quite good because then like the chocolate chips really yeah. spread in a delicious way. And the second idea I have for you folks out there making cookies tonight is don't make all of the dough into cookies. Just make a few. Like maybe you only want to eat like two a day for a couple of days. So maybe you just want to make four cookies <laughs> at a time. I'm just putting it out there. You don't need to bake them all at once. You can just make the dough and then put the dough in the fridge or the freezer and then just portion off a cookie as you want it. And then when you want a cookie, not only do you have a warm cookie, but your house smells like cookies and then you don't have all the waste because I always end up with like 10 cookies that are just stale by the end of the week. See, yeah, no, see, you've saved my life because I don't so end up with 10 cookies that are stale at the end of the week. I eat 10 cookies before they go stale. Yeah, or that, (laughs) or that problem. And... Like that I can, and that's why I don't bake because I'm like, I can't eat a whole cake and I can't eat 25 cookies and I don't know my neighbors that well. So, you know, it will be me. So this is an amazing hack. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're welcome, Soph. You are absolutely welcome. Um, I still have half the cookie dough in my fridge. It's the best idea ever. Um, But yeah, that is really, really yum. It's like a bit of a left of center cookie. It's like, as I said, a little bit funky, but in a good way. So they are the miso white chocolate cookies from Flourist. And number three is every night of the week's steamed eggplant with soy, ginger, and vinegar. So I've spoken about every night of the week before a couple of seasons back, I think, but it's an Instagram account by a stylist and recipe developer in Sydney called Lucy Tweed. She actually has just released her first cookbook, which is so exciting. I unfortunately don't have it yet, but it's on my list. But her Instagram account is still a really good place to go if you want like fast, easy, exciting recipes for weeknights. So we tried this the other night when I just like didn't, cannot be bothered cooking anything. Um, that's going to take me ages. So all you do is halve some small, like long eggplants, not big boys. You want little boys for this. Sandy boys. <laughs> Skinny boys. Sandy boys. <laughs> 
You make a sauce from, oh, sorry, you kind of like nestle the eggplants into a round little baking dish. Make a sauce from soy, white vinegar, sugar, sesame oil, ginger, some shallots, and you dilute it all with a little bit of water and you pour it over the eggplants. You fit the dish inside a steamer. So you kind of like have, if you have a pretty big steamer, that'll that'll help you. <laughs> um, steam it with the lid on on the stove for about 20 minutes. In that time, you can do whatever you want because that's all you need to do. Maybe make some rice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you top the whole lot with togarashi and some more shallots and you're done. You've got this like silky, delicious, sesame-ish, soy-ish, vinegary-ish. Sorry, I forgot to mention there's black vinegar in there. It's just so delicious. We spooned a whole bunch of silken tofu through it just because we had some that needed to be used in the fridge and that was really good. Um, and takes literally like less than 30 minutes to make from start to finish. Really good. Really hanging out for her book. I need to get a steamer. Maybe that will be my next lockdown purchase. Yeah, I feel like all I do these days is steam shit because <laughs> making baby food. <laughs> I've never used my steamer as much as I have lately. Number four is a documentary on binge called Woodstock 99. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. Wow. So it's a really great yet shocking watch about Woodstock Festival in 1999 which was a complete trash fire of a festival i didn't really know anything about this obviously i'd heard of woodstock neither like classic 69 they did another one in 94 which was a really really big success so much so that they thought they would do it every five years so they brought it back in 99 and it was just this absolute meltdown like super dangerous overcrowded underserviced thing that they'd set up in this old like army base tarmac boiling hot piece of shit facility in like upstate new york somewhere and god there was just like heaps of sexual assault just like people bathing in sewage just like completely underserviced heightened misogyny the whole thing was just a total shit show obviously 1999 there was like the y2k thing like anxiety there's this like apex of just male anger and like complete like misogyny if you like the fire festival documentary you'll love this is just a very scary shit show and like looks like my worst nightmare um but one of those things that you just cannot stop watching because it's so horrific so that is woodstock 99 on binge uh does not make me pine for the limp biscuit days that's for sure Does anyone pine for the Limp Biscuit days? No, really? I don't think so. <laughs> My final recommendation in the Fast Five is season two is back of Modern Love on Amazon Prime in a complete opposite to Woodstock 99. Modern <laughs> Love is so sweet. I loved it. I love the first series. It's based on the New York Times column. Season one was great, but season two so far is really good and I think better than the first. First episode, Mini Driver with an Irish accent. Oh, my God, Mini Driver. I have not seen her in something in so long. She's dilly-dallying over selling her vintage sports car because it reminds her of her late husband. Really touching and sad. Episode two is a woman trying to have a relationship when she's kind of awake all night and asleep all day thanks to this, like, circadian rhythm disorder that she has. It's just, like, charming and sweet and a really nice balm to, you know, a terrible crisis that is life right now um and also an antidote <laughs> what a review with stock 99 awfulness but maybe you watch the night prior so just really good really wholesomeness uh modern love 
Glad you're back. <laughs> Just what we need after COVID and Woodstock 99. Equal, e- equally horrible disasters in our lives, apparently. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that's it. That's my last five. And that is the episode this week, folks. We're all done. Thank you again to Well Read for supporting this episode. Treat yourself or someone that you love to the gift that keeps on giving a monthly curated book subscription of epic proportions with zero duds at wellread.com.au. And don't forget about the highly enthused drinks lockdown pack. It is full of snacks. It is available countrywide and you can get it now on drnks.com. It is super limited. It is super full of treats. And what we need right now is treats, so get yourself one of those. And that's it. You can sign up to our newsletter for links to everything mentioned in this episode at highlyenthused.substack.com. Do not forget to become a paid subscriber for an extra newsletter every single month dedicated to a theme. We are yet to decide on what September's theme is, but let me tell you, it's going to be fucking awesome. As it always (laughs) is. As it always is. Follow us on Instagram at Highly Enthused and send us an email if you like, highlyenthused at gmail.com. And hey guys, while you're there on your podcast app, why not leave us a review? We haven't asked oh, you to do yeah. this in a while. Oh yeah, yeah. And make it five stars, please. Yeah, why not? You tell- definitely, we definitely deserve that. List all the things <laughs> you love about us. Tell us what your favourite Sophie is. Tell us who you think would win in a bar fight. All the details, don't spare any. <laughs> and we'll see you in couple of weeks. Ciao, guys. Bye.